Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for 23 years. By day, I'm a process analyst in the power industry, and by night, I'm an author, blogger, and virtual assistant. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. I'm Jesse Tuggy, and I've had type 1 for 7 years. I love hiking and painting, and I'm looking forward to working as an engineer after college. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my future and learn everything I can about it. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, bring on cool people with connections to type 1, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 23 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today, we're talking about telling other people you have diabetes. And just a quick reminder for everybody, if you have any questions about type 1 diabetes or about the show, please leave us a comment or an email at colleen at inspiredforward.com. Jesse, you are up for the win of the week. All right, you got it. So this week, I decided to go without my sensor for a little while since I've been spending Christmas break at home and not doing too much. And also, I have a pretty big bruise on my side since I ran into a counter at work about, you know, stomach height. So I've been pretty sore recently. But as far as my blood sugars go, I couldn't ask for better, which is really surprising to me since I've been so, so reliant on the sensor to tell me what my blood sugars are and how I'm generally feeling. And I know that may sound like not much of a shock, but it's a pretty big deal when you go from being on a sensor 24-7 to being without one for, you know, a week, maybe two at this point. But with some adjustments, it's been going pretty good so far. So I'm up for the fail this week. And this is actually a repeat fail. Uh, Back in episode five, I mentioned that there are some rare power source issues. And this is in tandem pumps. And then there's low power alerts that I was getting back in August 2019. And it happened again on December 23rd. It died again. So tandem ended up sending me a replacement pump that arrived on Christmas Eve. And they also sent a replacement charging cord since the last time they sent the new charging block, but not the cord. And that was the fourth time that I'd gotten those alerts, those errors. The second time that it dropped to 5% while I was in the shower. And when it's at 5%, leaving it plugged in for 30 minutes just isn't going to happen because it doesn't have enough time to get through the 30 minutes without losing the rest of the charge. So I sent the old pump back to Tandem so they could run diagnostics or whatever to find out what happened or at least investigate why it was having that problem. But then the replacement pump that they sent had three CGM errors in just a couple of hours. So they had to replace the replacement pump a week later. So I went through three pumps in two weeks and my sensor at the time was attached to basically three different pumps. So this is kind of a pro tip for everybody. Whenever something strange is happening with your pump, call tech support and then have them noted on your account because building that history is what allowed them to make the decision like sending replacements. So because I had reported that power source alert in uh, August, now that it had happened a second time, they were able to make the decision to send me a new pump. Jesse, you have a hack for us, don't you? Yes, I do. So our hack this week, for those of you who ever are wondering what your average blood sugars are, or if you're a little bit anxious before going into a doctor's appointment, here is the step-by-step instructions for the 670G pump on how to find your averages. What you're going to do is you're going to go to the main menu. You're going to go scroll down to the options menu. Then from there, you're going to scroll down to the history tab and open that. 
And then once you're in the history tab, there are a couple of different options that you can pick from. There's the summary option, which if you go into summary, it'll give you the options to look at your average numbers from the last day, the last week, the last two weeks, and the last month. But for doctor's appointments, I like to look at the last month's history. So then I get a better understanding of what they're going to see and what, I'm, what I should expect going into the appointment. And then you have your daily history, which I don't use as much and I don't seem to need it very much, but I have been using it a lot more since I've been off my sensor. So once you get to the daily history screen, it'll give you the option to look at any particular day. So say I want to look at Christmas Day, all I have to do is scroll down to December 25th, 2019, and then I can look at all of my numbers, my carbs, my basal rates, everything that you could possibly think of. There's even an option to look at your active insulin at any given one time, but I have not found that one quite yet. I just know it's there. There are a couple of other options depending on if you're with the sensor or you're not, but definitely go have some fun and explore what you can go find in your histories options or in your summaries options. That's a really good hack. And you can also access all those averages on tandem pumps by going to options and then pump history. And then from there, you can choose delivery summary, total daily dose, bolus, basal, load, which is the record of changing out the cartridges, blood glucose, alerts and alarms, and then you can go into the basal IQ history or complete history for every day, which includes all of the rest of those things. And tandem pumps also let you see CGM history as kind of a separate menu. And I'm pretty sure that um, other pumps like Omnipod will have this whole menu stuff in the PDM. And there's also ways to access online by going on to specific pump sites and trying to find out what they have and what they recommend doing for your different occasions too. I went online a couple years ago and I found a couple of videos on YouTube on how to do all this stuff too. So if you ever get lost or you can't quite seem to understand what we're trying to say here, definitely go on YouTube and, and look this up. Do your research. All right, let's get into talking about telling others you have diabetes. So this includes a lot of people, basically everybody, friends, partners, teachers, bosses, coworkers. Like, how do you bring it up? What do you say? How much is too much or too little? So I have a disclaimer before we really dive in. I've never had a problem with telling people about my diabetes, and it sounds like Jesse hasn't either. It's been my life for over 24 years, and I've never known any other normal, and I don't think of diabetes as something to be ashamed of. I know not everyone has this mindset, and this episode is kind of geared more towards those people who are a little bit more hesitant to talk about it, or might think that having diabetes means there's something fundamentally wrong with you besides the fact that your pancreas doesn't work how it was designed. All right, so let's dive into the episode. Our big main topic to begin with is why you should tell people. The first and the biggest reason that I thought of when I saw this was it's a safety issue because if something happens to you where you get knocked out playing a sport, where you're driving with friends, or even if you're just watching TV or going on a date, people need to know that you're diabetic because honestly, it can lead to catastrophic events afterwards and you may lose a lifelong friend. For instance, if your blood sugar goes low and they don't know how to keep you healthy and safe and keep you out of the hospital, you could end up in the hospital. You could go into DKA. You could go, you know, have a hypoglycemic shock or, you know, an instance where your blood sugar is too low and they don't know what to do. You pass out. 
they have to call the EMTs. It turns into a, a really big mess. And also another reason why you should tell people that you're diabetic is you should be proud of the fact that you're diabetic because you take care of yourself every single day. You keep yourself alive and you do the best that you possibly can. So why not be proud of that? I mean, diabetes, in my opinion, should always be celebrated because we are the best. I mean, it's just true. Diabetic strong, you know? I like that. I really like that your first one was safety because that is literally why we are told by our doctors to wear medical alerts. So yeah, Jessie is showing her medical alert bracelet. I don't currently wear a medical alert. I know I should. Jessie's giving me a look. Uh, when I was growing up, I had medical alert bracelets and I went to this little jewelry shop in a mall close to my, my parents' house and made a whole bunch of really cute bracelets. So I, had, I could change them out and they would connect to the medical alert. And then later I would wear dog tags with the medical alert. And that just kind of, I just stopped doing it because... I think because I was comfortable enough with my care and my, my control that I, I know when something is going to happen. But you are absolutely right. I do need to get a medical alert and that will be in the form of a tattoo. <laughs> so I'm going to get a medical alert on my right wrist this year, this year, 2020, probably in September on my 25th diabetes anniversary. And I also really agree that you should tell people because of all of the things that could go wrong. I know a girl who, when she went to college, she did not want to tell anybody, including her roommate, that she was type one. I don't know if she managed to keep it secret all four years of college. I don't know what she told herself to convince herself that it was okay to do that. But yeah, that's my, my opinion on telling others is that first and foremost, it is a safety issue. I am on the safety committee at my job, and uh, my husband will laugh at me for this, but every time, I see something that is a safety problem, I will, I will try to address it. And telling people that you have type 1 diabetes is absolutely something that you, you need to do. And we will be adding where to get medical bracelets online in the show notes. I have a couple of links for that in case, you know, price budget, there's some really expensive ones, and then there's cheap ones. This one that I'm wearing right now is one that I got when I was in the eighth grade and it's lasted me and I'm now almost a senior in high school. So they do last, although it's getting worn and stuff. I've had EMTs at work come up to me and just be like, hey, thanks for wearing your bracelet. It really helps us out. So we know how to take care of you, how we need to keep you alive, what medicines we can give you, what to look for first. So there are reasons why you need to be wearing a bracelet and let people know. Also, through college, in my dad's experience was his roommate pulled all-nighters and would pre-bolus for snacks and stuff while he pulled all-nighters to keep himself awake. That never really worked out because a couple of times throughout the semester, he would be pounding on his roommate's door trying to wake him up, and they'd have to call the fire department to keep him out of a coma, basically. So that was my dad's first experience with type 1 diabetes, and he never even thought about it until I got type 1 diabetes. So there are reasons why you need to tell people because he had no idea and he didn't know what to do. So he called up the brother and was like, hey, I don't know what's going on. Your brother, I think, is asleep, but he doesn't look too good. And they broke down the door and it, it didn't end well. Let's just say that. But he's fine now. He's a grown man. I don't, I don't know where he is at all, but... It's just one of the first scariest experiences that 
really kicked me into shape of telling people that I'm diabetic. And probably the most important person to tell in your day-to-day life, at least when you're an adult, is your boss because they basically direct your life at work. And if something is happening with your blood sugar that you need to address, you can't just stand up and walk out of a meeting. You can't just stand up and leave your post without letting somebody know what you're doing and why. And as long as your boss knows, then you don't have to really tell maybe your coworkers just as long as somebody at your job knows. All right, moving on to the different ways that you can tell people that you're diabetic. So there are a couple of different ways that I generally tell people it just depends on the situation, but you know, everyone's different and how they react to diabetes and finding out that like, oh, my best friend has a chronic illness that could kill her anytime. Like that's what people think is like they see it as not something that's controllable. They see it as, okay, what am I what's going on? Is she dying? What's they go to the first flight or fight response that they can think of. Here are a couple of different ways that I generally tell people. The first way is to do a sit down and serious conversation. I usually reserve this for people who I know I'm close with and I know they have questions about diabetes and want to talk about it more. Or I save it for people who are, you know, like my boss or, you know, general, more serious and life affecting people that are going to be in my life. I don't know if that makes any sense, but to me it does. So step one sit down in an environment that they are going to be comfortable with, not necessarily you. I would recommend, you know, somewhere either public if they're very extroverted and like to go out, like a coffee shop or a restaurant, or if they're very introverted, I would say at home or someplace that they're going to feel safe. Two, tell them that you're type 1 diabetic. Generally, when you meet people, they're gonna know and they're gonna find out anyways, but just say, hey, look, I am type 1 diabetic. And then step three, briefly explain what that means to you. Now, being type 1 diabetic can mean a couple of different things to a couple of different people. I have chronic low blood sugars, could be one, or I just control my pancreas outside of my body is another. Just let them know you're not dying and they're going to have a lot of questions over time. It won't just all come out at once. I still get questions about simple day-to-day stuff from my best friends who I've known for six, seven years now. And to be honest, I really don't prefer to tell people this way. I generally reserve it for, you know, my bosses or more formal occasions. All right. So the next way is the surprise method. And this just happened to me at work. So I have a little fun story with this. This is the method that I usually use when I'm hanging out with people that I don't usually hang out with, or it's an inconvenient time for me and I just never got the chance to tell them. Like at a sports game, or I'm at a coffee shop with a new friend of mine that I just met. They know I'm diabetic, but they don't really know what that means. All right, so here are the steps. Don't freak out, they're gonna have a lot of questions, and the first one I guarantee you is gonna be, are you okay? Are you dying? And don't freak out when they ask that, and don't be like, of course not, why would you? Like, to them, they don't know. Then step two, Start by saying you're type 1 diabetic, and it's not like how the media and, you know, social environment presents it to where you're fat or out of shape. Personally, I'm a long-distance track runner, so when they look at me and I say I'm diabetic, they usually give me a surprise look. Sometimes I tell a joke, like, I'm, oh, I'm part robot, you know, like, oh, my pancreas doesn't work, so I'm a cyborg now because it just doesn't work inside me, so I got to work it outside me. 
My favorite one is telling people I'm bionic. Yeah, that's one of my ones. <laughs> that's one of my go-tos. But yeah, so just kind of lighten the mood. Keep it easy and, you know, not like, oh, I'm going to die early or, oh, you know, have bring up a bunch of medical questions that might not be relatable to them. And then four, let them ask the questions and try and answer all of them as simply and to the point as possible. Because if you get into using words like bolus and basal and average blood sugar and insulin levels and, you know, sensors, then it's going to get really confusing for them and they're going to get kind of closed off. That's just my experience. And then number five, don't get confusing or too technical. I know I already said this, but it's really important because it's such a big deal to them. If you're going to start hanging out with them, they need to know yes, but don't scare them away from asking questions about it later. A really good way to start that is to say that my pancreas doesn't work and then let them go from there. Because once you can just start with my pancreas doesn't work, then that'll bring up all this, all sorts of questions like what does the pancreas do? Why is it important? And then you can just answer those kind of at like a fifth grade level. And leading into that, I also use this method when I'm talking to children who don't know anything about diabetes and answer like I'm talking to a fifth grader because of that. Kids are great, but they do ask some really awkward questions at really awkward times. So getting on a child-based level when talking about diabetes to people that don't know is a good habit. It, I'm not going to lie. It's not going to feel like you're belittling them because they're not going to know anything of what you're saying. So it's good to start out at those lower level questions and answers. So I didn't really start telling people that I have diabetes myself until kind of, I think maybe high school, because my mom would always do these assemblies at my elementary school and tell everybody that my daughter has type one diabetes and no, you can't share your lunches with her. And she will have to come and check with me in the office after meals and before meals and like all the recess stuff. So when I finally started telling people myself, it was really easy, I guess, because it was important to tell all the teachers that I had diabetes so they had to know. And I had to come to terms with telling other people that I had diabetes with like pulling my pump out and doing stuff. And usually nowadays, nowadays it's really easy because if it comes up in conversation, then I, I talk about it, I mention it. I won't maybe bring it up on purpose to, just to start a conversation. But if somebody else mentions something about diabetes or type one, then I'll say, oh, I have that. And if they mention maybe they have a family friend or a kid with type one, I'm like, oh, I have a podcast and <laughs> give them the card for it. So that's the way to get the word out. Usually how it happens with me is my pump will go off and I'll pull it out of my bra and then somebody will ask, oh, what's that? Or is that a pager? Or one of the, somebody asked, is that, is that another phone? Do you have two phones? And so that just leads into the conversation of, no, this is an insulin pump. I'm type one diabetic. My pancreas doesn't work. And then it goes through kind of all the whole question phase like Jesse was talking about. A lot of people do kind of freak out a little bit at first, but then they realize you're okay. I've had it for 24 years. I'm, you know, well-controlled, not going to die. It's always great. So I guess kind of the whole theme of this section is telling others doesn't have to be difficult and it doesn't have to be scary. It can just be a conversation between friends or conversation between two people who respect each other. And if you're getting a rude question from a stranger saying like, what is that? Then since it's a stranger, you don't really have to answer them. Stampy comebacks in that situation I approve of. <laughs> um, that's why, and then off of, off of what Colleen was saying, I, that's why I kind of mentioned 
the idea of taking them to a coffee shop or somewhere public where you know it's going to be less awkward and they're going to realize what they're saying a bit more because they are in public the best way that i could say to handle strangers and rude questions and we'll go into this a little bit more later is basically stay calm first of all and then just say i'm type 1 diabetic not type 2 that's why i always say and i get a lot of questions about that when i go running on the street and i'm standing next to you know an older couple and they're like oh what's that what's that on your side all oh, these youngsters have all these technologies they're so attached to their you know phones and everything i just tell them no i'm i'm type 1 diabetic i'm, I'm not really attached to my phone even though you know, I run with it to keep, you know, in contact with my parents, but it just depends on the person and whether you're comfortable or not, which also kind of leads into our next overall subject is when to tell others. So the best advice that I can give is tell you're comfortable and when you're ready to. I've had experiences where I've told people too soon and then they try and use it against me. Well, to be honest, they can't at this point because I've had it for so long. And, you know, I am a diabetic and I'm very proud of that and they should know better. But they do need to know. People do need to know. And it should be, you know, an open conversation and not, you know, something that you have to feel scared about too much. I want to hear this story about it being used against you. I got called the diabetic child, like, they came up with all sorts of nicknames that I can't remember right now, but elementary school was very interesting because kids in the third grade didn't know how to handle diabetes or, or having someone, you know, that they know with a chronic disease, so they thought that, they thought it was just fun and games, but to me it was a little bit deeper than that, which is okay, I totally get it, it was just innocent you know, trying to use it against me. I don't think they were trying to until middle school and people started realizing what diabetes was and stuff. And they're like, oh, that's that one girl with diabetes because, you know, she was a chubby child. I was like, okay. Like, I'm sorry that you think that. I'm sorry you live in your ignorant little bubble. But that's not true. <laughs> and we always, you know, I'm always open to talking about it. I'm like, oh, why do you think that? Or, oh, did you know I run long distance track? I run the two mile, the one mile, the half mile, and the four by four. Did, did you know that? Do you want to have this conversation now or do you want to be polite to me? And then they usually ask a bunch of questions, which, you know, is always really important. But it definitely gets the ball rolling in a conversation about diabetes when you kind of like snap back at them and they're like not expecting it, which is always super fun to kind of see that shock and surprise value on their faces. But when to tell people, I would say when you're comfortable and when you think they're ready to hear it. I honestly, I tell people up front like, hey, I'm diabetic. I don't hide it from people. So I'm, I'm very open about it. I don't hide it at all. I'm always very comfortable about diabetes. So I don't really think about this too much. Everyone just kind of knows that I'm diabetic or I tell them if they have questions. I would say on top of that, not only when you are ready and when they are comfortable with it or when they're ready, but when they need to know. So I don't remember if I mentioned it in any of my interviews when I was looking for a job, but I'm I'm pretty sure that I went into at least the one, the, the interview for my current job with diabetes like already on the table. So during the interview, I think I mentioned it. And that might be a little bit, 
I don't want to say presumptuous, but it also is telling whoever you're interviewing with that this is part of you. This is part of what made you who you are. And for me, it's part of my strengths because growing up with type one diabetes, I think made me more mature faster. And so I had to learn how to take care of myself. I had to learn how to be organized, how to stay on top of things. And that all translates into a work environment. So going into a work interview with that already on the table, I think for me was a strength. And that might not be the case for everybody, but for me it was, especially in a corporate setting. And it turned out to like, I mean, worked out really well. I have a job. <laughs> That's great. And everybody there knows I'm type one diabetic because it's literally on my whiteboard. So I don't even have to actively tell people now because it is just passively there for people to look at. And if I happen to, you know, run into somebody in the kitchen and I pull my pump out and they haven't seen it before and they haven't been walking past my cube, then that's an opportunity for me to tell them that I have type one. And it's situations like that, having that whiteboard message that lets me realize and learn about the other people in my workplace who have connections with type one diabetes. So there's at least three other people in my workplace that I know about maybe four that have connections to type one, if not being type one themselves. So this is, it's really cool to just open that door of communication because you're not afraid to tell people. I agree. I even put that I'm type one diabetic on my resume because it just shows so much Gobson and in your personality too. It shows you're responsible. It shows that you're actively, you know, open about talking to people about, you know, possibly touchy subjects, which in retail really helps me out a lot. It also helps with, you know, getting to know people. Like they want to know more about you when you're going in for a job. And that's one of a major part of your life. So why not share it? That just reminded me that I literally have my volunteer experience for Panther Camp on my resume. So yeah, going into every single interview, they already knew something about diabetes was in my life because, you know, for CIT four years and then counselor for the rest. So it's already front and center. Yeah. All right. Let's start off with what to do when you're uncomfortable and how to deal with self-consciousness. We're going to kind of blend these two together because disclaimer, I don't feel uncomfortable or self-conscious when telling people about diabetes. And we did kind of talk about this already, but I just kind of, we just kind of wanted to reiterate, you know, we we're saying a little bit. So what I do when I'm uncomfortable is I just tell people what's what. I tell them I'm type 1 diabetic. This is my life. My life revolves around being diabetic and I couldn't be happier. And saying that I'm diabetic, it's pretty normal for me. But if you feel uncomfortable or you feel like you're in a situation where you could be threatened or, you know, beaten down for being diabetic, just say that. I have a medical disease and it's more personal than you think. Or it's pretty personal and I don't want to talk about it. It's okay not to talk about diabetes with complete strangers. Or just you don't want to talk about it right now. And I even tell my friends sometimes, I'm like, hey, I don't really want to talk about it. I've just had a bad blood sugar today. So let's just ease off for a little while. And although that's not usually true, I do have my moments, but the best advice that I can give is not to back down on what you're feeling and what people need to understand, and then stick to what you feel comfortable with in the moment. Even though someone knows that you're diabetic or knows that you have diabetes doesn't mean that you always have to talk about it with them. If they have questions, you can just say, hey, remind me later, I'm just not feeling good if you don't want to talk about it for a little while. But yeah, Colleen, you got any tips for 
self-consciousness and uncomfortability? That is actually a really tough one because neither of us have that experience with feeling self-conscious or feeling uncomfortable telling anybody, probably because we've had it for so long and we've been in situations or we've had experiences with like Panther Camp where it's, it's normal to have it in those situations. I would say that there are definitely some situations where you will be uncomfortable telling somebody. The one that pops to mind is if you're being pulled over by a cop, then you will 100% be uncomfortable telling anybody that you're type 1 diabetic. And that's probably because you don't want to get in trouble. I did get pulled over once. It was nothing like serious. But when the cop walked up, he actually looked down and he saw my pump and he was concerned. He wanted to know what my blood sugar was. I'm like, I'm good. It's okay. And that was, that was basically it. He just, so he saw the pump and he knew what it was and he was aware enough to ask if I was okay. And that, that was actually really nice. And that was what stuck out to me about that. But I was 100% uncomfortable telling him. So that's one situation I know for sure that people will be really uncomfortable. But if you are low or you are really high or you do have a problem that is going on during a traffic stop like that, then you should probably listen to episode, I think it's 16 with, with Aaron Holyfield. He's our police officer friend who came on to talk about what police officers need to know about type one. And the thing we got out of that episode was that you need to be upfront and tell them because they can't help you if they don't know. So that's one, one thing. Wear your medical bracelets. <laughs> yeah. Wear your medical alerts. I was, uh, when, when I was talking with Aaron about that, he 100% supported getting a tattoo and having, wearing some kind of alert because that's what they need to look for. What would you say to someone who felt self-conscious about their type one? Oh, I would say that it's okay. It's okay to be self-conscious. Every diabetic has been there and everyone knows what you're going through who is in the diabetic community. So the thing that I would say to help with that is to reach out to somebody who is diabetic or somebody you know who has a connection to diabetes and kind of knows what you're going through is has always been helpful to me. Like when I remember texting you one day before, you know, a big doctor's appointment. I'm like, I'm freaking out. My blood sugar is so high. I had a bad day. And then my A1C was 7.6. And I don't know why I was panicking. Definitely talk to people. Talk to people who, know, you know, have diabetes and who know, you know, what you're going through. And that always helps me. Or even talking to my mom. I don't think people realize how important your mom is to you, but always talking to my mom or my dad always helps me. So go talk to your loved one or, you know, someone that you lean on about why you feel self-conscious and, and how they can help. I think another thing to remember is that how you think about something is how you're going to experience it. So if you're feeling self-conscious about your diabetes, then you're going to experience that self-consciousness kind of amplify. And that self-consciousness is coming from the thought that maybe somebody's going to judge you or maybe somebody is going to think less of you for having type 1. And that's absolutely not true. Those are just thoughts that you're having. And you can 100% change those thoughts because diabetes, while we both think that it's kind of one of the best things that's ever happened to us, it does not define you. It just, it doesn't define you. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's completely normal to feel self-conscious. Totally normal. It's so, so normal. You're diabetic. You're also a human being. You get to be self-conscious every now and then. Literally or, everybody is self-conscious, not just you. Yeah, everyone's self-conscious about something. 
you just have something more interesting to be self-conscious about, but you don't actually have to be self-conscious about it. I agree. Let's move into our diabetes spotlight. Yeah. I kind of did our diabetes spotlight. So for those of you who don't know, I'm running for my local pageant this year. This is the first time I've ever done something like this. So it's really interesting to see. And I kind of wanted to integrate that into our podcast this week. So I picked Nicole Johnson, a former Miss America and title holder of 1999. She was the first diabetic to ever win the title. And I know this may not seem like a big deal, but she was one of the first people to publicize the type 1 diabetic pump and to revolutionize it and make it more common for people to wear. And I can attest that pageants have changed over the years. So it's not just, you know, all that frilly tutu-y stuff that you see on TV or that you might think, you know, it's a lot more personality-based now than it has been in the past. So just keep an open mind when you're listening to this. From an article by the Diabetes Center of Excellence, it says, Nicole Johnson won the Miss America title in 1999. She became the first Miss America with type 1 diabetes and the first contestant to publicize the use of an insulin pump. Today, Nicole is a nationally recognized advocate for diabetes research and education, and one of the biggest supporters of the UMass Diabetic Center of Excellence, or the DCOE. And she is quoted saying, each day I'm grateful for the many medical advances in diabetes care, which I benefit from. It's all too easy to slip into depression, discontent, or to have a defeated attitude. I fight it daily, yet I believe in optimism, happiness, and the power of relationships. Science supports the notion that a positive attitude leads to a better quality of life and that results in better outcomes. So to me, looking at this, it's super supportive and it makes me really want to try new and different things in my life. And this is just, you know, something that makes me really proud to be diabetic and know that she is in the community of diabetes and always advocating. It also makes me think that I can actually kind of do pageanty stuff with type 1 diabetes, and it feels really good to see people who've actually done that and been where I am right now. She is an example of not letting diabetes hold her back, especially with the publicizing of the insulin pump, because that, you know, made everybody's lives better. I will want to, I do want to add, though, that, you know, the, the best pageant that I've ever seen is Miss Congeniality and the perfect date, April 25th. Not too hot, not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. Jesse's losing it. <laughs> it's sad because that movie is kind of why I wanted to do pageants. <laughs> and this is my first one. I don't even know if I'm going to do more, but I'm, I'm really loving it. So if you're a young girl out there and you think you want to try it, go for it. Go and try it out. I, I've grown so much in the past couple of months that I've done this. I, I know I've become more confident and people around me have seen it too. I've had people come up to me and just be like, you're so nice. And I never knew that about you. And I was like, it's because I am trying harder to be more extroverted this year. And I believe that's super important to learn as a life skill. So if you think that you ever want to try being a pageant girl or a pageant princess, as some people call it, definitely go for it. I would imagine that the same applies to also being a debutante. Okay, so I was going to be a debutante, but there are none around where I live. All right. So. <laughs> that is actually a really, I like that spotlight. That's a good one. Thank you. 
So our question for the audience this week, how do you approach telling others about your diabetes? It might be hard. It might not. If you're self-conscious about it, or if not, let us know in the comments or send an email. That is it for this episode of This is Type 1. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 23. That's the number 23. And if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, please leave us a comment or send an email. You can get straight to our podcast page by going to thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade, and our audio wizard is my husband, Tim. I'm on all social media as at inspiredforward, and our email is colleen at inspiredforward.com. I'm on Instagram as at JJ underscore crystal K-A-T. Please feel free to send me questions or comments you have about T1D, type 1 diabetes, or about the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends, family, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you listen, since that really does help other people find us. Be sure to listen in next week when we chat with Rob Howe, the founder and host of the Diabetics Doing Things podcast. Rob has a lot of wisdom and good advice for diabetics everywhere. So this is an episode you definitely won't want to miss. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.